Hello and welcome to the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson, the podcast designed to give you all the financial advice you'll ever need. This is episode 131, where in a moment we discuss the ins and outs of the spring budget. That's in a moment, as I say, but please bear in mind, if you have a general financial query, you're in the right place because we have an enormous resource of free advice right here. And you can access it all simply through delving into our back catalogue of shows. Because in our programmes to date, we featured loads of stuff. Mortgages, investing, wills and powers of attorney, and heaps more. You name it, we've done it pretty much. And last time, we featured gazumping, and gazundering. Find the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts and you'll get us there. As I say, an enormous resource, all available for free. Find our previous shows after listening to this one and have a binge on what you need. While you're there, if you could rate and review us, for instance, you could tell us what we need to address to help you out and follow the show. And then that way, you'll get that episode when we record it next time. I'm John Ellis. Joining me as always, the star of our show, Phil Anderson. Hi, Phil. Hi, John. How are you? Good, thank you. So this week we're focusing on the spring budget. I personally believe Chancellor Jeremy Hunt is a changeling or something. You never see him for months. And then all of a sudden he's everywhere with that slightly maniacal smile. So what were the main headlines from the budget this time? And are we better off or worse off at the end of it? I noticed he was going on about his ease. I mean, I don't mean his his comfort standing up there, but all the big ease, like the economy. Shall we start there, Phil? What, What did he have to say about that? Yeah, but one thing with the budget, you'll get some winners and, and some losers. I mean, that, that kind of happens every time. So with this one, some of the winners were like really high earners in some respects because there, there's kind of pension changes for them. And then there'll be some losers as well. We'll kind of go through the, the podcast as well. But look, looking at, as you say, the all the, the big E's, so economy is, is one of the, the kind of big ones. And one of the good things with this budget was it came with there's what's called the Office for Budget Responsibility or OBR. You'll often hear that called. And one of the good things is with this budget, it actually had economic projections produced by them, whereas that's one of the things that the previous budgets didn't have. So the Chancellor, he started off his statement by unveiling the, the kind of latest economic projections produced by the OBR. Now, OBR figures suggested that inflation is going to fall. So the, the average in the last quarter of last year, inflation was at 10.7%. And then now they're kind of projecting that by the end of 2023, inflation will be down to 2.9% is what they're they're saying. So if they can do that, that would be great. The, the OBR forecast suggests the UK economy is now going to avoid a recession. They, they had thought that we were going to get a recession, although it did state that the expectation was for the UK economy to shrink by 0.2% this year. Now, what, what happens at a recession is when you have two consecutive quarters of negative growth. So they, they think there may be like little ups and downs this year. So overall, they think things will, will be, the economy will be down slightly. Last autumn, they were forecasting a 1.4% fall. So they're not expecting this year to be quite as bad as what they previously thought. Just on the on the subject of inflation, there, Phil. It, it, I know it's not really that long ago, but what was the sort of standard rate of inflation before things went really higgledy piggledy and, and and through the roof? Where 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 would we sort of bounce about? What would be yeah, the, their, the their target? They they always want they they've, they had a target of keeping it below two percent. So that that's kind of what they they really want to to be doing. And for a lot of years, they they were kind of keeping it within that range. And then for various reasons. Over the last year or so, things have just shot right up. Part of it's down to 
they, they they'll blame certain like external factors, like things like the the war in Ukraine, COVID, energy prices going up. So that does have a big impact on it. But hopefully, inflation something you don't want it to spiral out of control because it can be hard to to kind of manage and, and bring back down. But hopefully it looks, I mean, certainly their, their projections are that, that it'll come down this year and hopefully we will start to see that soon. Okay, uh, a lot of discussion about levelling up all over the UK, the second of his ease being everywhere, then came enterprise. So what was the big story on this budget's impacting on business, Phil? Yeah, I mean, quite quite a few changes for, for businesses. The corporation tax increase is going ahead as planned. So corporation tax rate will rise to 25% from April 2023. That was something that had been announced previously, but that's kind of been ratified now. So that, that's going ahead. I think a lot of people, even within the Conservative Party, had kind of hoped that they might sort of change that, but it's going ahead as a, a been planned. They, they do have for smaller companies with profits below £50,000, they'll continue to pay at the current rate of 19%. They, they're also going to be reintroducing what's called taper relief for businesses. So that's where ones that have got profits between 50000 and 250000 So So they'll pay less than the, the main rate of 25% as well. Other things for businesses, fuel duty was frozen. So one thing there, if they maintain the rate of fuel duty at its current level, they're looking to do that for another 12 months. That helps businesses. So it means that their fuel costs are not going to be going up more. The government's introduced 12 new investment zones. So they're trying to regenerate certain areas. Jeremy Hunt also wants to encourage more people back into the workforce. Now, what he's done is he's a couple of ways that he's he's looking to do that. One of the ways was through the pension changes, which we'll we'll touch on soon enough on, on this episode. The other way that he was looking to do it as well was through childcare for working parents in England and Wales. And I know in England, what he's announced is 30 hours of free childcare for children of working parents aged nine months and over. That's from 2025. But there was a whole range of measures there and, and what he's looking to do is try and get more people back into work so that there's more of a workforce. And I, I was thinking about that, and, and I guess some part of it, now, now that the UK is not in the EU, you, you've got less kind of migration from, from EU countries. So his plan is to try and get more people back into work, so try to get maybe mothers that have, have had children by, by giving them the, the more childcare, try to get them back to work. And then, as I say, there, there was also try to get like doctors, especially with the, the pension changes, and try to get people working longer as well. But um, we'll, we'll touch on the pension changes in just in a, a few moments. Yeah, there are some devolved issues which make some parts of the budget sort of irrelevant to certain areas of the UK now, except, you know, perhaps by comparison where you can look to see if you're better or worse off than the rest of the UK. How about tax matters, Phil? I mean, I always cringe when this part of the budget comes along and they say, right, let's look at tax. What happened this time? Yeah, income tax rates for the, the next tax year, so the, the 2023-24 tax year. So we, we've still got a basic rate of tax, higher rate and additional rate. So that rate's still at 20%, 40% and 45%. But as you say, different parts of the UK have got slightly different tax rules. So in Scotland, the, the tax rates... And some of the the mark are some of them are are higher here in Scotland. Other things when it came to tax allowances and thresholds, the the point at which additional tax rate payers 
So that's those paying the 45% rate. That's actually been cut from 150,000 to 125,140. So that, that comes in from the 6th of April. This means that those already paying tax at 45%, they would pay an extra £1,243 in the next tax year. The government actually forecasts that by reducing when additional tax becomes payable, they, their forecast is that approximately 250,000 individuals will now pay extra tax due to that measure. The personal allowance, so that's the amount that you can earn before you, you pay any tax at all. That's been frozen at 12,570. The amount that you can earn before you pay basic rate tax, 37,700. That's also been frozen as well. And they, they've been, or they, they're expected to remain frozen until April 2028. But then you never know a new budget. To, a new government can come in and change things, or maybe as we get nearer an election, things may change as well. But that's how things stand at the the moment. Okay, and in pensions, we recorded the show last week that there were items being leaked about the pension, indicating there would be changes to the pension world. What did they end up being? Yeah, well, one of the biggest changes from a certainly from a financial planning perspective, there's quite a few changes to pensions. It was kind of leaked beforehand that the lifetime allowance was going to go up. Now, what that is, is that's the amount that you can pay into pensions throughout your, your lifetime. One one of the things that they've done there is they've actually abolished that altogether. Now, it's funny, I was saying about potential new governments coming in and the Labour Party have actually, they, they've kind of vowed to reverse that change. and Straight away. They, yeah, whether they will, I mean, it, it, I, I don't think that would be just all that popular. I know before when they, they were going to put up, I think the, the top rate of tax, that kind of proved not to be very popular when they were saying that before. There was actually quite a good quote. that There's a chap that works for Canada Life, their technical director, Andrew Tully is his name. And he'd actually, one of the quotes that he came out saying was, he's like, it's wrong to play political ping pong with the pension system. And, and his comments also went on to say, people plan for the long term and that relies on confidence and changing the goalposts won't, like be good for that. I, I would agree. I mean, if if things change, you, you can only plan for how things are as they are at the moment. And it's kind of hard to speculate. You don't want to be thinking, oh, this could happen or might happen or might not happen. So it kind of, I don't know, there, there's a bit of instability there. But at the moment, they've certainly done away with this lifetime allowance. And the, the main reason that they wanted to do that was Again, to try and a lot of it was for to get your your doctors back. Maybe retired doctors wouldn't come back and work because some of the tax charges were hitting them very hard. So that that's why the main reason that they've done that. Another thing that they they've also done is you've got. Um, in fact, one thing I should say when it comes to the lifetime allowance, although that's gone, there is a cap on the tax free lump sum that you can take from your pension. So, so at the moment, you can take 25% of your pension pot as a tax-free lump sum once you, you decide to, to draw on that. But that will be subject to a maximum of £268,275. And that's 25% of what's the, the current lifetime allowance limit. So that, that will kind of be something there. But another big change with pensions, you, you've got what's called the annual allowance so that's the amount that you can pay in a pension on an annual basis. Now, you, you can either pay in, currently you can pay in up to £40,000 
or your annual earned income, whichever is the lower of, of that two figures. So at, at the moment, the annual allowance is currently £40,000, but they've raised that by 50%, and that's going up to £60,000. Um, another thing that, that's changed as well is what's called the money purchase annual allowance. Now, once you start drawing money from your pensions, not the tax-free lump sum, but let's say you start taking an income from some of your pension pots, that triggers what's like an event there. Now, at the moment, you can if you've done that, you can only pay £4,000 a year back into like accumulating a pension pot, but they've now changed that up to £10,000. So that means that if you've already started to draw an income from your pension or left the workplace altogether, um, or even if you're maybe on a part-time basis, they're trying to encourage people to return to work full-time without being penalised for being a member of a workplace pension scheme. So that limit's gone up. So quite a lot of changes to pensions. So just a, a quick recap, you've got the, the lifetime allowance has been abolished. The annual allowance has gone up to 60000 and that money purchase annual allowance has now gone up from 4000 to 10000 What's the other big thing people tend to follow here is whether there's any news in homes and mortgages. It doesn't look like there was an awful lot in that in this budget, was there? Yeah, it was quite a quiet budget on the homes and mortgages front. There wasn't any... So uh, no measures announced in the, the budget in relation to the main rates of stamp duty land tax. Well, one of the things I would say that from, from this budget is that if they do start to get inflation down, but they, they're saying the figure of 2.9%, if they can get it down to that, that would take away like some of the, the reasons why they may put interest rates up. We, we do seem to think that there are interest rates are likely to peak probably in the next two or three months. If inflation comes down, then that would kind of help interest rates not go up any further. In the UK, a lot of people are on shorter term fixed rate mortgages, whereas in the likes of America, they tend to take out long term fixed rates. So if they hike their interest rates up, it's not going to impact people as much. Whereas here, interest rates going up will affect people with, with a mortgage more. The housing market is starting to cool slightly. So again, that's probably reasons why they're not going to want to put interest rates up all that much more as well. But certainly, although there wasn't really anything directly in the budget to do with housing, if the economic forecasts are correct and they get inflation down, that would help interest rates, which should kind of stem the, the tide there. Okay. Any other key points that you thought were of interest, Phil? Yeah, quite a lot. I mean, as I said, a lot of the things were, were kind of mentioned before the spring budget. So from a, a financial planning point of view, inheritance tax is usually something we always kind of look at. But the nil rate band and residence nil rate band, they, they'll remain the same. So they're currently 325000 and 175000 That's been announced until April 2028. For savings, ISAs, your, your ISA allowance remains unchanged at £20,000 for the, the current tax year. And junior ISAs, the, the allowance there, it also remains at its current level of £9,000. So well, a few things that, that haven't changed. Although what I would say is with things like inheritance tax, if inflation's going up and the cost of living is more, if people's assets go up, it means that there could be more tax to, to pay there. So that's where financial planning comes in and, and it's very important. Other areas, alcohol duty was frozen until August 2023. We mentioned earlier about fuel rates 
or our fuel duty rates maintained at the current level for a, another 12 months. So that's something that just helps businesses, but helps individuals as well. So that, that was kind of like all the, the sort of key points from the, the budget there. So I, I wonder whether it's, it's been perceived as a good or a, a bad budget overall. I mean, budgets do tend to have that habit, don't they, of becoming giveaways to core voters, promising the earth in the budgets closer to a forthcoming election, yeah. only for the, the majority of it to be removed once they get back in again. Although I've seen suggestions this time, this was a budget that was maybe laid down, not so much to do that, but almost to make it incredibly difficult for any incoming government to manoeuvre easily out, you know, some of these positions are being put into, almost like a spoiler budget politically. Is there anything in that, do you think? I know, I mean, I, I've been listening to some of the commentators since the budget, and that, I know there was one person saying, oh, they're trying to lay traps for the next government mm. that, that comes in. But it'd be interesting to see how the, the general election goes. You, nothing in politics is ever certain. It, all the parties have got different views on on things and looking just generally overall I think the the general feeling from most was that it was a fairly uneventful budget I think that was the the kind of general consensus from most I mean we, we kind of had expected Jeremy Hunt to increase things like the pensions lifetime allowance I mean that was kind of leaked beforehand but I think it was quite a surprise that he, he did away with the lifetime allowance altogether but one good thing I'm glad that they never changed things like the to the, the tax-free cash, they always go on about that possibly changing. They often there's often predictions that they think they'll do away with the, the tax relief for higher rate taxpayers, but there was no change to to that either. So that, that's probably a generally a good thing. But what he has tried to do is just simplify pensions slightly more because they can be quite a, a complex area. And like you say, the, the closer you get to a general election, usually you, you expect <laughs> the giveaways to, to, to often come at that sort of point. But we're still going through quite a tough economic time just now. I mean, mm. the, the war in Ukraine is, is still ongoing, still seeing the after effects of COVID. I know the NHS has like, had a, a fair burden but because of that. We've currently got a bit of a, a mini banking crisis going on with some of the banks in Europe just now. And yeah. all these things, they, they have a significant impact on, on the UK. So it well, interesting to see how, how things will go in the next year or two. So if you're making suggestions on how someone should react to that budget, Phil, there's some financial aspect that they might want to consider reviewing in their life, like your pension, for example. Maybe just round up for us what those would be. Yeah, I would say, I mean, look, looking at the, the budget... The key people, I mean, if I was saying to any one group who should maybe be sitting down with their financial advisor just now, definitely if, if you're an additional rate taxpayer, so if you're paying tax at the, the highest rate, for, for people in that bracket, good to sit down with your financial planner to see how you can look at maybe trying to reduce ways to, to pay so much tax. That There's great financial planning opportunities for people earning over £100,000, things like the, the pension, paying mm. money into to there. You know, it affects all all people budgets, but um, we, we're seeing a lot of inquiries from teachers at the moment. That that's one. We certainly over the last week seen a, a big jump in in teachers who have said, right, can you explain how the, the these pension changes impact on me? So it, it's something. I'm always a great advocate for people not only taking initial on, or initial financial advice, but also taking ongoing financial advice as well and. That's the thing. If you've got a financial advisor or financial planner at the moment, they'll kind of relay 
all the, the kind of key bits of the budget that will impact on you and, and your personal circumstances. And if you're someone that doesn't have a financial advisor, certainly it doesn't do any harm to, to sit down with one and, and see. Many will do a free initial consultation as well. So definitely a lot of opportunities in this budget, especially for, for higher earners. Okay. Now comes the part of the show where Phil looks back over the course of his own life, both professionally and personally, to find an example of how today's topics affected his own situation. So, Phil, today, the spring budget, what do you have on that? The, the budget itself won't have a huge impact on myself, although some of the measures that were announced previously will. So, for example, because I've got a, a limited company, I get dividends from that. So the dividend rate going up and also the, the allowances going down, that'll mean I'll personally pay more tax there. The capital gains tax changes, which were announced previously as well, the CG, CGT allowances is going down in the, the tax year. So that'll mean I'll pay bit more tax there. So I guess for myself, I think, yeah, nobody wants to pay more tax. There are ways that you can look at trying to reduce your tax bills. So certainly for myself, look at, at pensions, maybe pay more into them to kind of get the tax relief on that. But it is that this the tax needs to be paid somewhere and we're I wouldn't say we're all in it together, but I know for me I'll I'll certainly be worse off financially in the next or this tax year and the next tax year than probably had been in the, the couple of tax years mm. beforehand. Okay. And now time for Phil's quote of the week. You've always been a fan and collector of quotes, Phil, certainly for as long as I've known you. So what would you have on our topic for this week, the spring budget? Balancing your money is the key to having enough. That's a quote from someone called Elizabeth Warren. Oh, right. Okay. Now, Phil is really keen on trying to help you with your query. So if ever you want to email a question to us, please do. And as always, we can ask them anonymously if you prefer. Let's get on to this week's uh, contact details coming up. We'll give it to you after these. Hi, Phil. Without naming names, the company I work for has just ceased trading due to financial difficulties. I've worked for them my entire career, over 30 years. And as well as being personally sad about the situation, they're a family firm, I'm obviously now facing financial hardship myself. I wondered if you might know, A, what I'm entitled to receive in this situation, and B, how long it might take before I would receive it. Yeah, it's sad to hear that, especially working with a, a company all that length of time. Yeah. Probably a, a good place, not to start, but definitely worth sitting down with a financial advisor to have a re review of your financial circumstances, they can review pensions and, and other things as well. When, when it comes to sort of like what you, you may be entitled to, got a couple of good websites to, to point you in the direction of. The government's got a useful page on its website. So if you've got access to the internet, go to www.gov.uk slash benefits dash calculators. That's quite a good page there. And that, that can kind of give you an idea what you're entitled to and, and how much you would get. There's also a very good website for finding local benefits advisors that you can talk to. Because I know a lot of people prefer still actual speaking to a, a human being. And the website address there is advicelocal.uk slash find dash an dash advisor so that advice local website is is quite a good one you put in your postcode and it'll bring up a whole host of kind of agencies around about where you are that you can can speak to about things so a couple of really good resources there excellent next up here's one from isla and avi moore who wants to know about life insurance she says hi phil as finances tighten i'm considering what i can cut back on i've done all the easier stuff 
and I've also taken more money in, but it still won't be enough. I'm now at the stage where there are no easy choices and I'm considering which monthly payments I can either give up or delay. I was thinking I could maybe ask to defer payments on my life insurance. Do you have any advice? Life insurance and protection policies, they're often one of the first things that people will cancel when times are tough. But you've got to be careful with this. You've got to have a look and think, well, what have I got and why do I have it? Especially if your health's deteriorated since you took a policy out, if you were to cancel it, it might be hard to get cover again in the future. What you'll find with most policies is if you stop paying the premiums, the cover will cease in most cases. It's definitely worth checking with your provider to see what options they may have. Now, it can differ greatly between the, the providers of life insurance. I know during COVID, some of them offered almost like payment holidays and stuff, but I don't think there's as many that have that sort of option. So I would suggest speaking to them. Also good to, to maybe meet with your financial advisor or whoever set up the policy just to review things. And sometimes, you know, it, it might be an option to say, look, I'll apply for less cover and maybe pay a, a slightly lower premium. But again, you, if you're doing that, again, you want to make sure that you're accepted for any new policies before cancelling any old policies. And I would always say having some kind of cover is always better than, than nothing at all. So it is, it's, it's tough times for many just now. And it is good to review all your policies, see what you've got, make sure you're not paying for things that you don't need. And, and not just with life insurance. I, I mean, even general policies as a whole, I've seen people paying for say, mobile phone insurance that they was for an old mobile phone. I've seen people paying two home insurance policies before. So good just to have a review of everything, but it is, it's, it's one of those ones where it's trying to weigh up what's what's going to be best. I suppose the other thing for Isla there as well is is possibly, you know, if, if she wrote this before the, the budget and that OBR forecast that inflation is going to come down to 2.9% or thereabouts by the end of the year, maybe that just gives her a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. So, you know, you, you never know. It might it might be more doable if if it's shorter term that she's got to uh, hang on in there. Um, I would just say as well, before you get in touch with a question, you might want to take a look at our back catalogue because we've covered a lot of topics now and we may have touched on what you're interested in. I'm John Ellis. Thank you for joining us for episode 131 of the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson. If you feel you need a helping hand with anything we've been discussing or anything else of a monetary matter, find Phil for finance. Search Phil Anderson Financial Services online or join the Facebook group for the show. Search Personal Finance Community. That's Personal Finance Community on Facebook. Phil's on Twitter and LinkedIn as well, or why not email Phil a question he can answer on a future show. His address is Phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. That's phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. Send him your question and Phil could be answering it in an upcoming podcast, as I say. Please be assured we won't use your real name if that's what you prefer. Remember, if you found this useful, please rate and recommend us. And please follow us on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. Then you'll get us every week with the info you want when you need it. You'll get all the links you need on Phil's social media. Good luck with your money. Phil's doing his best to help make that cash go further. We'll see you next time, and thanks for listening.
Thanks very much, John. I, I should have mentioned as well, we do have a, a spring budget document. It's only four pages long. If anybody wanted that, if they, they email me, it's phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. If you just put spring budget document, and if you want a copy of that, I can, can email it over to you.